Hey everybody, welcome to Thumbnail, a visual arts podcast. I'm Joe Rosher, illustrator, animator, and adjunct professor. And I'm Louis Rosignol, visual artist. And thanks for joining us. Today we're going to be talking about procrastination. And funnily enough, we've kind of procrastinated on this episode because yeah. <laughs> technical difficulties. So it wasn't really procrastination. It was things that were beyond our control. Yeah. But this was your topic. So I'll let you kind of take the lead on this, Joe. Before you start, I definitely have some tendency to procrastinate, but I think I've become a lot better. Yeah. So what made you want to talk about this particular subject? Well, because I think it's an easy wormhole that we all fall into no matter what field you're in, whether you're a student or a professional. Procrastination is always this beast that we're trying to fight against. And I think everyone has similar issues, some worse than others, imagine. I know I'm always fighting procrastination and feeling guilt when I am procrastinating or trying to figure out why. And so I thought it'd be a fun topic to just spitball and talk around. I think like definitely people that work from home probably deal with it more because there's so many more distractions and there's nobody maybe there to tell you what to do. Right. Think about all the times you go down a YouTube wormhole or Mm -hmm. you're scrolling through Instagram and TikTok and hours go by before you even realize what you've been doing. Yeah, you're right. Distractions definitely play into procrastination quite a bit. Yeah, quite a bit, for sure. With social media, I think that's the big one for me. When I do deal with procrastination, it's almost always because I'm like looking through Pinterest or Instagram or whatever. And I have to hide my phone or put away other tech that I'm not actually using. Yeah. Full screen things, you know, so I'm not trying to wander off and onto the interwebs. (laughs) Yeah. So it's a constant thing every day. Anyway, so one of the best quotes that I've heard around procrastination, uh, my girlfriend told me this. If you wait to the last minute, it'll only take a minute. (laughs) Okay. So that's the reason to wait to the last minute. (laughs) (laughs) So pro procrastination. If you wait till the last minute, it only takes a minute because that's all you have. Right. <laughs> I mean, I guess I like that. I like that If you're too. trying to like get a good grade, it might not be the greatest. Right. And a lot of things, you can't do that, right? So like can't do that with an art project for a client or things. I think that's just a funny way to think about it. That's interesting because I feel like when I have deadlines, I actually procrastinate less because... I'm the type of person that gets so nervous about deadlines. I just want to make sure it's just done to get it out of my head because I won't stop thinking about it till it's done. I'm the same way. I want to get it done early so I could stop stressing about it. Yeah, that's how I feel. (laughs) I know that they're always going to take longer than I think they're going to take. Yep. So you have to start scheduling in that buffer zone. Yes. I've I've gone too close to that deadline. Mm Mm-hmm. Where it gets just so scary. And super stressful. And so stressful. Yeah. I find that when I'm most likely to procrastinate is when I don't have a deadline and when it's just like a project I'm working on for myself. Sometimes you just don't have any commissions for a few weeks and then you still want to continue doing work. But those times it's easier for me to procrastinate and not start working until later in the day and end up wasting a lot more time. Oh, yeah. I have to self-impose deadlines or I'll just keep pushing things off. Yeah. So I've noticed this with students too. I could give them an assignment with a strict deadline. Let's say it's a week-long project or a two-week-long project. That's a strict deadline. Yeah. And then I could give the same project another year with a loose deadline where, let's say, two projects are due in four weeks. So it's the same amount of time, same amount of projects, but I've noticed without the strict deadlines in between, Mm -hmm. procrastination sets in and you wait to the last minute to do both of your projects with little time 
And so the grades are much higher when the goals are set during that time, a lot of timeline rather than the latter. Yeah, that makes sense. You should be able to do that for yourself. I mean, that's what I like to try to do. Like, I want to have this much of it done by this time. Mm. And then I want to have half of it done. So because if you just have that one deadline at the very end, it's just too easy to put everything off. And no matter what size the project is, start from your due date and work backwards and divide up the project where you think it's actually doable for each of these set goals that you've made for yourself and stick to it. And then you'll know if you're behind schedule or ahead of schedule. Yeah. And you use these little goals as your they're kind of dopamine rushes, right? It's like, okay, cool. I finished some of this. I finished my goal. Check one more thing off the to-do list. Yep. So instead of looking at a project that's going to take five months and you're just totally overwhelmed by it, break it up into small goals and do one goal at a time. That's so true. And with the line of business we're in with any graphic design or illustration, a lot of times you get projects that are like a few months long. Yeah. If you're working on like a book or a children's book or anything like that, those are daunting if you just think about like, I have to have a book done by three months from now or whatever. But if you break it up, it makes it so much more digestible and manageable. Yeah. I remember when I was in school, even like my junior year, you get assigned projects every week or every other week, and they were small projects. And all I kept thinking about was thesis, which was like the year after, because I knew it was such a big project. So we hadn't even been assigned it yet, and I was already dreading it because I knew it was a huge project. So those type of things overwhelm me, and I'm sure they overwhelm most people Yeah, to the point where you're dreading it already before it's even assigned it's crazy paralyzing yourself and you won't get anywhere that way you know yeah have you ever tried well you know they have like apps and time management or parental controls even on your phone where you can set it so you can only be on facebook or instagram for a half hour a day and then Mm. maybe give like your girlfriend the code (laughs) so you're kind of forced to only be on those distracting sites for a certain amount of time because i haven't done that i've done it with some things and it's kind of worked but if you know the code it doesn't work (laughs) you really have to have someone else do it right right i just wondered if you had tried anything like that i haven't tried i know they exist but i think i have enough self-discipline to do both yeah And if I am going down a rabbit hole, it's usually for a reason, for research purposes. I don't want to be stopped abruptly. Sometimes you do need those sites for inspiration or for ideas. And so you don't want to be limiting yourself. But if you find yourself like really having an issue with just being on TikTok for three hours a day, probably would be smart to limit your time or even put like a time areas like, okay, from noon to five, I want to work on my project. So from that time, your phone won't allow you to get on those. You know what I mean? You can set time zones or whatever. So that might be an idea too. And then just do your research before then. Yeah. Have you heard of the Pomodoro technique? Nope. This technique is you set a timer. Pomodoro, I think, isn't that tomato and, oh, is that Spanish? I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, I think it comes back to like those tomato timers. Okay. Or egg timers. And the method is, so you set a time, it could be 20 minutes, it could be an hour. And that's how much time you're going to focus and work for whatever task it is. After that, you could give yourself a break or set the timer again and keep going. If you're in your flow state and you just want to keep working. What's so nice about that is giving an immediate time deadline inspires you to stay focused for that little bit of time. If I only have to be focused for 20 minutes on this task that I don't really want to do, that's okay. That's doable. I can do that. I found that it's the hardest part is getting started. That's what I find too. Once I'm started, I can stay in it, but getting started is the hardest part. 
And so that's where this technique comes into play. Even if you have to restart a couple times to really get started, mm -hmm. you're allowing yourself to do that. So if 20 minutes didn't work, give yourself a 10 minute break. It's like the opposite of the snooze button, or maybe not the opposite, but it's like a thought that kind of runs parallel to it. it it's not a bad idea. I mean, I've never tried it or never, I actually hadn't even heard of it until you said it. I just started doing it and it's been helping me a ton. And then it's also been helping me with realizing how much I can do in certain amounts of time. How much can I actually get done in an hour? Yep. And that's helping me plan better. So when I am going through my goals checklist and timeline, it's more accurate to what I can actually do. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. That's a great technique I've been using. And then another technique my brother brought to my attention was the two-minute rule. And this rule is if you have a big overwhelming list of to-dos, right? Right. Looking at that list is sometimes so overwhelming that you don't do any of it. And you're just looking at it and thinking about it. But if you broke it down into, okay, what on this list is only going to take me two minutes or less? Do those. Do just all, do it. Yeah. Do it, get it out of the way, and it sometimes gives a snowballing effect. Like you get that first snowball to start rolling and you just keep going. And then the momentum picks up and you're just like, bam, 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 got all these two-minute to-dos done. Now I'm motivated enough to catch up and start that big thing that I've been putting aside and procrastinating on. Yeah, it kind of gets the ball rolling then. I guess I hadn't heard of it called that, but I definitely do that. If I have a list of things to do, I always start with the things that are going to take the shortest amount of time. Right. Because like you're saying, it does help you feel like you're getting a good start on things because you're crossing things off quicker. If you start right. with the longest thing, that's like the worst thing to do, I feel like. I think so too, because then you don't get that dopamine hit for finishing something. Yeah. I also believe in, in rewarding myself, like dangling that carrot in front of your face so you actually get yourself to do some things. Whether it means you're going to eat lunch after you finally finish this thing, or even hacking yourself to get started. We've, we've said this before with inspiration podcasts where I'd go to a coffee shop or something as my novelty or reward or start working on a project right. that I've been putting off. Mm -hmm. At least you're in an environment that's fun and rewarding. You have your fancy coffee drink and that's almost enough for you to start whatever. Yeah. And, and a new environment sometimes will help you avoid the distractions that usually get to you like at home. Now that I work in my own studio versus just when I used to work in the living room, it's much easier to stay focused and to stay on task because I've separated my work area from my home area. And so that's a huge help just because you're not getting distracted by all the things that you have to do, your dishes, sometimes stupid things too. So it's just maybe that idea applies when you're going to a coffee shop, you're getting away from your house, so you can't work on any of those distracting things. All you can do is work on your computer or your iPad or whatever you're going to work on. And so I guess social media could still be a distraction in that setting. Do you have any reward systems in place that you use? I don't think I have reward systems per se, but I'm pretty good at thinking about consequences and then rewards. So what I mean is if I have a project that's due, I have a deadline for like a week from now, let's say, I'm pretty good at saying to myself, if I just finish this in the next day or two, I'm going to feel awesome that I've got it completed. I'm not going to have to worry about it for the next five days. Whereas if I wait until the last minute, this whole week, I'm going to be stressed. Right. Oh, I got that project that's due in a week and I'll wait till the last minute and then I'll throw it together. And both times, it takes the same amount of time to do it, whether I do it right away or wait. But why have all that extra five days of stress and worrying? Yeah, exactly. I have a similar 
mindset, but slightly different where I frame it as regrets. Am I going to regret my actions that I took today, tomorrow, or whenever, anytime? Like, so if you try to live without regrets, I find I'm more productive and I'll procrastinate less. Let's put it uh, back into a, a school scenario where I knew I'm going to work as hard as I can every day, or I know when I look back at my school time, I'm going to regret even that one day that I didn't try my best. Yeah, that's what I was wondering if where you were going with that, like as far as regret. If you don't work as hard, you definitely will regret the next day because now you've got just the same amount of work to do, but less time to do it. Right. And it could be spun a little more positively too, where am I going to regret working on this project anytime down the line? It's like I'm spending all this valuable time on something that I don't actually want to do. Yes. And I don't want to necessarily do in the future either. So am I going to regret this time spent? I think it's an f- interesting mindset, not all the time, but sometimes to uh, to help kick procrastination. I think it just sometimes takes maturity and age because I'm so much better than I used to be. Mm-hmm. And so it took me learning like the hard way for myself and dealing with all the stress of procrastinating. I did that for years. And then finally, I stopped doing it. And I realized how much less anxiety I have now and how much less stress. And so a lot of people do have to learn things the hard way, unfortunately. And it probably will be people that are listening to this that will still continue to do things their old way for a while. We're both getting, you know, older now. And so we're learning better techniques, better work habits. And I think that that's what we're trying to do is share those with people so that they don't have to learn the hard way and they can realize, oh, they're right. If I do these things now and not procrastinate, it's going to feel better. I'm going to be in a better place. Yeah, we only have so many weeks in our lives, you know, and you don't want to be wasting those when you could be doing work that you want to be doing. Yeah. Here's another one. I wrote down accountability. That always helps me. I have this people-pleasing mindset. Mm -hmm. I'm guessing everyone does in in some respect where let's say I bring on a friend with a project or thumbnail, for example. I have an accountability to you to do this every week because I agree to it. Right. And that pushes me to keep doing it because someone else is involved. I don't want to let you down. Yep. You don't want to let me down. There's this mutual accountability. I do that with working out. I find that I work out more if I do a physical activity with someone and you schedule a time. And so you don't want to cancel on that time last minute because someone else is counting on you to be there. So accountability for projects and tasks is always great. And I think even sharing your to-do list with someone else So I'll share my to-do list with my girlfriend a lot and, okay, what are my goals for the day or what are my goals for tomorrow? And I feel accountable to do them because I don't want to come across as someone who says they're going to do something and then not follow through with it. Yeah, I agree with that. For instance, I've self-published some books. That's a huge project that I have to do, right? And there's really no deadline because I'm self-publishing it. But I purposefully put it out there on Instagram or social media and saying, hey, I'm doing a book. This is when I'm going to do the Kickstarter. And now I've committed to it and I've told all these people about it. And so I have to do it because I'm going to look like someone who doesn't follow through. So I think what you're saying with accountability is great if you can make yourself accountable um, to right. other people. It really can help if, if, if you care about that. Some people don't care and they'll cancel on last minute and stuff like that. But then that affects your reputation. Right. And your reputation is everything. Yes, It's absolutely everything. And once you understand that, you won't take that for granted. So I know on Instagram, I started doing tell me what to draw live event every Sunday. 
where I'll go into Instagram Live with a clean slate and I ask the audience to give me ideas on what to draw. And I try to combine as many different ideas together to make something from scratch and to start a piece from nothing over a course of an hour and then finish it later that week. And so now I have accountability to not only show up every week, but I have accountability to finish that piece every week too on top of everything else I'm doing. And that accountability alone has been really awesome for me as far as productivity is going. I'm making tons of work and I'm making a bunch of new portfolio pieces because of this. Like things I never thought would actually happen out of it is becoming a significant part of my day-to-day that's really cool art career yeah so it's very cool yeah and so you're building a community around that and now you're accountable to that community because they're investing their time into you too whether yes they're entertained by it but they're coming back because you're being reliable and they could rely on you to come back they know you're going to be there because you've said it and so you've got to find a way to to have an accountability partner and and social media is a great way to do that because you've made yourself accountable to way more than one person, which is always better, right? Because one person, it may be easier to justify canceling something because you're only really annoying one person. And probably on social media, people wouldn't be annoyed with you, but it's almost a pride thing. It's embarrassing not following through with what you say you're going to do, especially if you do it all the time. Definitely. Yeah. Obviously you can cancel things if you have emergencies or whatever, but if you're someone that has a reputation for doing it all the time, that's when people start really getting annoyed with you. And you, like you said, you lose your reputation, which is what you have in the business. We've all done this too with relationships and just friends. Mm-hmm. Even if it was legitimate cancellations, the more you cancel on someone who keeps asking you to do something, they're going to stop asking you to do things. Oh yeah, for sure. And vice versa. If you keep asking someone to go out and they keep saying no, you just won't you're, gonna, you're just going to stop asking. Yeah. No matter how much you love that person or like that person as a friend, it's tiring and then people lose interest. It's just human nature. Yep. You have to just be aware of that. We definitely have friends where when we make plans with them, my wife and I are always, they're definitely going to cancel. There's no <laughs> way we're going to actually do that. And almost every time we say it, it's like clockwork, 24 hours before. Uh, tomorrow's not going to work after all. And it's the same people every time. And you don't want to be that person. No. Just don't be that person because you're going to lose friends. You're going to lose, you know, people maybe won't tell you that you've lost them as a friend, but they'll stop calling. They'll stop making plans with you. Right. And so this does apply to your reputation as an artist, as a business person, too. It's not just calling your friends. Exactly. If you're missing due dates for a client, yep, you're not going to get that client back. And not only that, they tell other people you're not going to get other clients that you possibly could have had. Right. Or you're not going to be first on their list for a recommendation. Well, yeah. When someone asks. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you won't never know that you lost a job because they didn't recommend you. But the fact is, you definitely want to have a good reputation because that's how you get work in this industry. Yeah. And so you definitely want to be reliable. It's a little off topic with procrastination being reliable and finishing things, but procrastination is what causes people to be unreliable in a lot Mm -hmm. of cases and not following through. So they procrastinate to the point where they didn't even end up getting the thing done or didn't get it done in time, which is really unprofessional. Right. And so it can be definitely a challenge. Yeah. Did you find it was a bigger challenge after leaving a very structured environment? Yeah, because like you said, you have definite deadlines. You know when things are due. With school, we had short projects. So it was like 
do one illustration for this article. It was never like, other than thesis, that was all short projects. And those are easier to manage. Mm -hmm. And I tend to be on top of things like that. But once you start working for yourself and you get out of school, there's so much less structure. There's no structure unless you make some. Right. And so then it becomes super easy to just spend your morning scrolling through YouTube or Instagram and just killing time. And especially if you don't have any commission work or client work right now, it's and that's the time that you should be filling with working on your own projects and promoting those on social media, because that's how you get new followers. And that's how you're more likely to get work. Exactly. I definitely fall victim to the whole social media and scrolling through stuff every morning. Mm -hmm. And I probably do it for a couple hours. And I'm catching up on emails and all my messages on all the platforms and then just mindlessly looking at different news articles, catching up with today's crap. And it's easy to keep scrolling. In the morning, like the first thing you do is you reach for your phone. You haven't even got out of bed and you're already scrolling. I've even wake up in the middle of the night, like to go to the bathroom, and then I'm kind of awake. So I start scrolling on my phone, scrolling through Instagram. It's like, I would have never done that before social media was a thing. Just started reading a newspaper or something. I know. But we're like addicted. And my screen time is out of control since the whole lockdowns and coronavirus. It's insane. And I need to to get a handle on it. Oh, I know. And so I don't even know if that screen time, because now you see it on the iPhone, right? It pops up what your average screen time is and all that. I'm not sure if that's also taking account for the time I'm spending on my computer or my iPad. Or is it all separate? I don't know, because I sometimes will draw on Procreate for three hours. So then my screen time might be high, but it was really productive. So that's not such a big deal. Mm -hmm. But I think the screen time, if you go into it, it'll actually break down what apps you are using for each amount of time. And so you can really see. And it it can be embarrassing. I was excited last week because it said your screen time is down 20% this week. Mm -hmm. But then I looked and it was still like five and a half hours or something. Right. And I was like, oh, that's awful. But I didn't actually check. I should go into it. I'm hoping a lot of it was procreate and things that were more productive. But I know it wasn't all that. That's for sure. I've been getting like five, six hours a day of screen time, even if it's just on my phone alone. I don't know. But it's weird thinking about that. I get guilty. You know, I feel guilty about it. But I do think most of that time is actually productive time maybe two three hours isn't but that's how much you could expect anyone to not be productive during a work day so that's true i was wondering about podcasts the other day if while you're listening to a podcast if that's counting as screen time oh true because you're not actively looking at your phone but you're using one of the apps so maybe it is yeah so i don't know i'll have to look at that but the fact of the matter is i know that my screen time is way higher than it should be and so it's something i've got to work on if there's anything that causes me to procrastinate that's definitely the big one with me and having it be a habit when i'm doing nothing and just taking a break the habit is to take out my phone right it's the first thing you do which is ridiculous i feel like i need to spend a lot more time just thinking yeah rather than being distracted i know i'm like 40 years old so i definitely remember before social media was a thing and before facebook was a thing because when i was in high school there was no social media And I know for a fact that human beings used to spend way more of their day just thinking and being in your own thoughts because you're in a waiting room or something. You used to either grab a magazine or you would just sit there, maybe people watch. Now, if you go to any social place like that, like a waiting room, everybody you look at is just on their phone. Even at a restaurant, if you're at a table by yourself because the person you're with had to go to the bathroom. Yeah. First thing, 
boom, take out your phone. Make sure the world is still turning. <laughs> I know. I'm actually trying to remember what I did before when there was no smartphones. If I was in a restaurant and someone went to the bathroom, what would I do? I guess I would just sit there. Right. But that seems so weird now. I don't know why we're now uncomfortable with that. I guess it's just because it's just a habit and you're addicted to information and entertainment, yeah. right? Yeah. And it's not good because we need to sit and think about our lives. And I think it's a lack of deep thoughts. Even if you're addicted to learning, so you are being productive and you're learning, learning, learning every time you take out your phone. Yeah. You're not thinking about what you're learning, so you're not really absorbing it. Yeah. You just know that that information is there to look back on and to check again when you do need it. Yeah. It's like we're not fully retaining everything we're looking at. If there's no better proof that people need to spend more time thinking, if you look at social media when people are arguing about a hot topic, you just know what the other person's argument's going to be because they're just regurgitating what they've seen on mm -hmm. the media that constantly is pumped into their heads. Mm -hmm. Nobody has any original thoughts almost. Right. I think social media, although it's good in some ways because it's helped my career and everything like that, but in some ways I feel like it might be one of the worst inventions of all time because people now spend so much time, well, it divides people so much, first of all, because people are spending half their day arguing with strangers they've never even met, mm -hmm. talking to people in ways they would never speak to people in person. Mm -hmm. And so they've become so negative and confrontational and angry. And in person, you wouldn't even know that someone was like that because they're really nice in person probably, but they're so vitriolic in a way when they're online. So it's kind of like... It's caused people to just spend so much of their time in this negative space. Right. And I don't think that that's healthy at all. I think that's why you see so much more anxiety and depression. And yeah. So social media is not just a procrastination problem. It's a bigger problem than that in my mind. It's a problem that's causing a lot of issues in society for sure. I think it's a sensory stimulant and having too much sensory things going on is an easy way to procrastinate. Yeah. It's just another distraction. Any form of sensory is a distraction, typically. And so I like to think of sensory depression to help with my procrastination. So if I'm finding myself staring at a blank page, right? maybe I need to turn off the music. Maybe the fridge noise is actually bugging me so much that I can't think right? and I'm not realizing it. Sometimes I'll put in earplugs to deprive my sense of sound so that my other senses are heightened, <laughs> right? Yeah. In theory, it, it works. Even if it's a placebo, it does something for me. Putting your phone on airplane mode and putting it in the other room, like a whole other floor of your house, you'll be fine. You'll be fine for an hour or two without your phone. Mm -hmm. The world's not going to end. Just focus on what you need to do and then give yourself the treat to look at your phone again. Yeah. Set your timer for an hour or two. 20 minutes even and focus i've been tempted lately to get a landline again really not so that i get rid of my cell phone but so at night i could leave the cell phone in a different room than my bedroom because you know you if you do that you might worry like if there's an emergency and someone needs to call then i won't hear it but if i had a landline in there then i could do that and then at least i wouldn't be looking at social media in the middle of the night or the first thing when i get up and so just that i think would be nice because it would be a good way to start your day if you just woke up maybe thought for a few minutes and then got out of bed instead of scrolling. Mm -hmm. The first thing you do is scrolling through, looking at news stories, which are probably super depressing and anxiety inducing. Interesting thought, because I thought how I could bring old technology back into my life too, where like I use my phone as my clock. 
and my watch. If I'm worried about what time it is or have a meeting or blah, 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 I'll always be looking at my phone just for the time. Yep. And then that's sometimes enough to suck me in. Leads you into other things, yeah. So if you had an actual watch on, that would maybe help in some ways. Right, an actual clock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't have an actual clock. Or if I had an alarm clock next to my bed that I could see, I wouldn't have to look at my phone and see that I have 10 emails. That's not something I've really thought about, but you're right. Sometimes I'll look at my time on my phone and then I get sucked in. So, and we don't have a clock in our house either, except the one on the stove. Right. That and our phones and that's it. My wife has a Apple watch. It's not as bad as a phone because it has way less apps and you can't check all the stuff as your phone, but it's still bad. Right. It's not great. (laughs) Right. Because you're still seeing everything. You're staying up to date, which is great, but it's just as easy to get sucked in. Yeah. And I feel like I'm actually not that bad. Like I'm pretty good at not procrastinating and I'm pretty good at once I get going, staying focused. And I still feel like I overdo it with a phone. So I'm sure that there's other people out there that are really looking for solutions to get off their phone more. Yeah. And I think you're right. Going back to more old school methods, having an actual watch or an actual clock and then an actual landline and putting your phone in other rooms for a while. I think that's another good solution. I've started when I realized that I'm using too much social or I have a deadline, I'll move my apps to a different page. Does that work? (laughs) I'd have to scroll five times to just get to the app that I want. Yeah. It's one more hurdle I have to jump over to remind myself that maybe I don't need to just open that up because when it's on the first page it's almost second nature now when i'm looking at my phone to check these three four apps yep even removing them entirely it's like it doesn't mean you deleted your account you still maybe you have a separate device that has them up all the time that you use as your main social media device and it's not your phone but if you really needed to you could use different things i always think about to try to help that i think there's a lot of different types of solutions it's just a matter of implementing them and not just constantly thinking this is what i could do implement that stuff i bet a huge percentage of the procrastinating going on nowadays is just people that are on their phones yeah obviously there's errands you could be doing and chores around the house that maybe will make you procrastinate from your work but i bet the phone is the absolute biggest one and the one that people need to harness the most because even if you got distracted from your work in your studio for a minute to do dishes or laundry that's actually not a big deal because you're at least being productive right maybe you you assign rewards for things so i'm allowed to listen to that podcast and ebook if i go for a run Yep. Or I can play video games as soon as I get up to date with my bookkeeping. Yeah. And so, you know, like you checked something off in order to do something fun or while you're doing something not so fun, you're doing something fun on your phone. Like, okay, I have to do laundry. That's a good time for me to binge on all the social media that I want to do because now you're associating something you like to do with something bad and everything's progressing forward. And it's a win-win. We should have a contest a week where like we have to try to beat the other person with the lowest amount of screen time. Uh, I want to do a no tech week. Oh, that'd be amazing. But no computer, nothing? Nothing. Yeah, that'd nothing be ha- at all. really hard to do. I'd have to pick up a book. But what about your email? Yep, just nothing. Hmm. Just kill. I'd be too nervous that I'd miss an important email or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Okay, maybe I'll start with a day. I'm going to go a full day with no tech yeah, and do different artworks that are physical. I'm starting to crave to do something physical and traditional media because I've been doing so much 
work digitally. Yeah. It's draining. It's almost hurting my eyeballs. I think that that's not a bad idea. Set a day aside to just not touch things, not touch your iPad, not touch your phone and see how it goes. I bet you'll have a hard time getting through even that one day. A week would be nearly impossible, I think, at first. (laughs) Well, I know it would be for me because I need to check my emails. I do that art coaching and sometimes people book it 24 hours in advance. So if I didn't check my email and then I just didn't do the coaching, then that would be rude (laughs) and really irresponsible. So I would have to maybe just have 10 minutes a day where I had to check my email or something. That could be possible because I wouldn't feel too bad about breaking the rules for 10 minutes just in order to do something that I have to do. I think that could be a fun challenge. Yeah. I'm going to think around that more. People be texting you and why is he texting me back? (laughs) But it's fine. You're going to have to stop by the apartment and knock on the door if you want to (laughs) chat. Mail me a letter or call my landline. (laughs) Nobody has those anymore. (laughs) When you were a kid, was there still the rotary phones where you had to go around? Yeah. Those were awful. Those are terrible. You get all the way to the end and then if you missed one of the letters or numbers, you had to start over. Oh, those were like the worst. I didn't have one for very long. Switch to buttons pretty quick. Yeah, I think I had one, you know, for a few years when I was a young kid, and I just remember yeah. hating it. And so yeah. I'm glad that they upgraded that. <laughs> Some things could become like retro again, so I'm wondering if that will happen with those. I know like records are huge. I have a record collection. I love listening to my record player, and right. that became kind of cool again. So I don't know if rotary phone will, because <laughs> it's so clunky and <laughs> useless. Yeah, I don't think it will. Yeah, I could just picture people being like, people sound so much better through a rotary phone. <laughs> Try, <laughs> trying to do a T9 text through a rotary phone. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, the first cell phones, texting on those stunk because you had to hit like yeah. one, like three times to get to the C. Yeah. And it took so <laughs> long. Man. Yeah, I remember being the person that was, I'm not going to switch to an iPhone because the BlackBerry had the buttons, right. the keyboard buttons, and I'm like, I don't like the screen buttons. That's weird. But now you get used to it. But I remember being that person that was stuck in the old ways. I always hate change. <laughs> <laughs> I think everyone is wired to hate change. Yeah. But now we just have to learn to... Yeah. We just get used to it when they change so quick. Just think about like this whole coronavirus. You're just used to wearing a mask already. You're used to seeing people lined up in front of Hannaford or or Walmart. I know. Isn't that bizarre? It's really strange how quickly... It's kind of settling in. It's scary how quickly things can change. You see how quickly like certain freedoms can be taken away. It it is scary that people just roll over and that's just how it is. Yeah. Anything more you wanted to talk about with procrastination? No, I think we covered it. I mean, I, I think we really talked a lot about the main culprits of procrastination and how we both kind of deal with it and we both kind of still need to work on certain things which is what i expected (laughs) yeah (laughs) but yeah no i'm I'm good with what we talked about i'm happy okay good if you guys have any thoughts or questions you want to hear us talk about definitely email us at thumbnailpodcast at gmail.com there you go or shoot us a dm direct on instagram at lewis rosignol yep or at fort house Yep. And we're doing a 25% off our Etsy shops on most stuff. And the code is thumbnail. Simple. Yeah. So anytime you want to use our Etsy shops and you want a discount, you get a 25% off for being a listener to the podcast. So take care, everyone. And we'll talk soon. All right. Take care.